Welcome to the Wellbeing and Career podcast. My guest is making waves in the fields of wealth management, entrepreneurship, and education. Shaquille Mohammed is a visionary founder of Padigy and Advanced Safety, with a rich background as a former global wealth manager for renowned financial institutions and a serial entrepreneur with a passion for health and safety and data analytics. Shaquille brings a wealth of experience to the table. He's also deeply committed to nurturing the next generation of leaders. He collaborates closely with leading universities in Scotland, where he strategizes with educators on how to empower students for exponential growth in their lives. Shaquille's vision revolves around the idea that individuals should be evaluated individually by addressing specific weaknesses and amplifying strengths. Confidence soars and success becomes an attainable reality. And on today's podcast, we'll be chatting about personalized growth strategies. Uh, very well welcome to the podcast, Shaquille Mohammed. How are you today, Shaquille? I'm good. Thank you, David. Wonderful. So let's get this started. Where are you right now? I know you told me before we started recording, but where are you right now on planet Earth? Uh, firstly, thank you for uh, having me, uh, David. It's a real privilege uh, to be here with you today. Uh, I'm currently up in Elgin uh, in the north of Scotland. And in terms of, um, can you make people jealous? I mean, is it still nice at the moment, the weather-wise? What's the temperature like? It's 17 degrees here. Not well, to make quite, anyone jealous. That's quite nice. Well, 17 degrees is not bad, especially when we're hitting, hitting uh, uh, the winter. So what's Elgin like? Is Elgin like the movies like Braveheart, where you see the hills and the castles and give a quick description of Elgin? Promote yourself as if it's TripAdvisor. <laughs> it's 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 not like it's not like Braveheart. No, we've got one castle here uh, that's close by to Elgin, which is Duffus Castle. There are kind of smaller ones. I don't actually know the names of them. Um, it's just a small little town. Uh, we're positioned not too far away from the sea. Uh, we are near uh, the local RAF Lossiemouth uh, base. Uh, it's maybe about an hour away from Inverness, and we've got some lovely hills and rural parts where you can do lovely walks. Uh, the air's nice and clean, and it's an all-round good place up here. It sounds like a, that's a five-star review, Shaquille. You've had to give them there. Well done. <laughs> and if you like your whiskey, there's all the a uh, whisk the, the famous whiskey brands like Macallan. Uh, Glenfiddich, Glenfarclas, uh, they're all kind of positioned around this area. So if you're ever up in this area, then they have the famous whiskey trail that you could visit and uh, experience some of that. And to, you know, uh, the, the Loch, Ness, Loch Ness Monster, does it exist for anybody wanting to go over and have a little look? Have you ever seen the Loch Ness Monster? No, but I know a few people that have seen it and it definitely exists. Right. Was that like, did they see it early morning after a trip to the pub or did they actually see it? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're better asking them that. Or, okay, fair <laughs> enough. No, Scotland is beautiful. It's very, very nice. Um, so I gave a brief introduction about your background. So can you let the listeners know a little bit more about yourself? I'm a health and safety consultant. In uh, my previous uh, career I was uh, involved in the financial system uh, working in banking uh, I moved into health and safety maybe 10 years ago and as a sideline actually um, I continued with my banking career for many years while I got involved in health and safety I got a taste for it as such I just seemed very interested in the way things were going uh, and as a sideline, I started studying the kind of basic qualifications for health and safety and kind of progressed. Uh, and the more and more I learned, the, the more and more I progressed, I went on and did different certifications and then went on to uh, university and studied one day a week doing a degree in health and safety. And then just recently, uh, a couple of years ago, I went back and did my MBA uh, at um, Stirling University uh, and the reason I went back was just to kind of study more about the business side of things and where it's going what, what's a landscape of uh, business going forward and how I could 
change direction in my business to face these challenges head on. Uh, and, and by that, I mean, we are now moving into the artificial intelligence era and uh, we focused on creating a technology that would uh, be able to be useful in the health and safety uh, industry, uh, shall we say. So, yeah. Cool. So in terms of the, this is a sidetrack, because the, the banking or the financial side, um, what was that like? Was it fast-paced? Extremely fast-paced. Uh, I started in 2007, I got involved in banking. And then from 2009 to 2011, those were really difficult years in the finance sector. And I think that's what edged me towards maybe doing something else with my life. And did, did I mean, was there like, you know, a moment where you kind of went, yeah, you know, this is just, is it, does it become, does it become more of a hassle? Although you might like a job, but if it becomes quite, say, stressful or you haven't got much time at home with your friends, your family, or your, your, your health has taken a hit. I mean, it, can that kind of be like that? Because sometimes you see these movies, Hollywood movies, and it, it just seems to be kind of go, 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 ruthless, profits, 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 money, money, money. Is it is it similar to that or is that kind of an exaggeration? It is a kind of exaggeration to a certain extent. You know, I think at the highest level, those are the kind of conversations that they would be having behind closed doors would be money, money, share price, etc you know on the the kind of front facing level really good group of individuals working collectively and uh, doing what they're supposed to be doing and the challenges that they face though are um you know steered by you know as i say that board level so it is fast paced yeah uh, but on the on the kind of the surface level it's a really good environment made some really good friends to friends to this day it, it, it's just that the job, it wasn't me. It wasn't a job that I wanted to see myself in the future. Um, so, you know, I started, you know, trying to look at other avenues, explore other avenues. And do your friends, I mean, have your friends moved on from the industry as well? Or are they kind of sticking around with it to see how it goes? They're still, a lot of them are still in the industry. Uh, I think a few changed direction uh, as well, went into different careers, uh, set up their own businesses, etc. cetera. Uh, but most of them are still there. They, they enjoy it and, you know, they've climbed the ladder. They've climbed that corporate ladder that they've always wanted to, to climb and achieved, uh, you know, their version of success. Right. I suppose like anything else it is, isn't it? It depends on the individual what they want because, you know, like yourself, I've been asked before with certain industries and would, you know, would they go into this? Would they go into that? And the only response I can kind of give is, you know, this is my opinion. This is what's happened in my career. And I'd never tell anybody not to do something, you know, is, is that we, would you get like maybe individuals asking you that want to go into the banking sector the financial sector, you know, what's it, what's it like? Would they ask for that type of advice or opinion? Yeah, I, I actually have, uh, some mentees from uh, LSC, which is a London School of Economics. And, you know, they're determined they want to go into the banking industry. Um, uh, they're working towards their goals. And I would never, exactly like you, David, I would never tell somebody not to do anything that, and say that's not, everybody has their own goals, everybody's different. And the industry it can be great, and it, listen, the industry can be great and really financially rewarding for for individuals. So, working towards maybe your goal in life is to, uh, you know, have a secure job and, you know, earn some good money. Then, you know, that career would be suited for you. And you like numbers, or you like that kind of buzz environment. Then it's great. You know, other people maybe are not suited for that. Uh, and you know, in reality, well. When when they're when you're studying, it's totally different from being in a job environment. You 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 people will know that, and until they maybe get into that environment, they might not think it's for them. If it's is it too fast paced? Is it taking a, a strain on their life? Like what you said, is it draining them? Is it taking their attention away from family? 
there's different things um, to take into consideration. I think that if it's something that you're interested in, and you've got to try it, you've got to try it. And if it's not for you, then it's about accepting that that's not for you and moving on to something else. Yeah, no, you're you're right. Great answer. Um, it's uh, it's a competitive world out there now. But if if, if you know whoever you are out there, do you want to try something? Just give it a bash and then if it doesn't work out you try something else can I ask you now Shaquille with regards to AI you mentioned AI there briefly um, anybody who doesn't know what AI is artificial intelligence do you think in your own opinion and I'm going to put you on the spot here because depending on who you may speak and I say you particularly but uh, people's opinions individuals opinions um, some are afraid of AI they're concerned about AI um, in your own opinion um, and we're all allowed to have an opinion anybody listening to this what do you think of AI itself? Do you think it's a it's a positive thing? Mixed feelings? I think there is a lot of positives and there's a lot of negatives. Um, what we have to understand, though, is that it's happening and there's nothing that we can do as individuals to stop it from happening. So yeah. once you go through that acceptance stage, then you can or you, sh- you can or you should even start to understand it more and what the implications are on you as an individual uh, with AI coming so fast, because it is coming fast. It's 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 a fascinating tool, um, I have to say. And I asked it there, um, I don't know if you agree or disagree with this one, but you know when we're texting people and you kind of have all this predictive text and your spelling kind of goes to whatever, you forget how to spell. And I asked AI there a few weeks ago, please, you know, not please, well, I probably did say please. And um, could, you know, could you uh, teach me grammar or spelling? And it gave me a little kind of uh, a section that to kind of help me build sentences or how to spell words or um, that part, I have to say, in my own opinion, is is amazing. And, and fascinating and it just saves so much time <laughs> it does I don't know it yourself but it's nice to get the information as quick as possible yeah I, I think it has some advantages if you see that as an advantage uh, you know it's great but other people may not see that as an advantage um, and it's important to recognise what you see as an advantage and a disadvantage with AI because yeah. on one side of the argument you see it as an advantage because you it's helped you with something but on the other side of the argument, you might ask someone else and they might say that you shouldn't be doing that because you are taking away a skill set that's so valuable to you in life that you should be actually practicing how to do grammar and do spelling and that so that you can communicate more uh, articulately uh, as such. Um, but then on the back, of, on on your side, you, your argument could be that I want to do that because it makes me uh, get things done faster. Uh, I can come across more articulate without spending more time on actually researching it. So there's advantages and disadvantages depending on how the individual looks at it. How do you think, I mean, the, with AI specifically, how do you think it'll look in 10 years' time? I mean, how advanced are we talking about here, do you think? <clears throat> I think that... The more people become reliant, there's two ways it can go, in my opinion, is that one way it can go is that people become really extremely reliant on it, and a, you know, it will grow faster because we're so reliant on it, or there could be that slam on the brakes kind of scenario where we say, look, let's only use AI where we really, really need to. If we don't need AI, then we don't need to use it. Um, so there's two different ways. I think the way things are going, if I'm totally honest, is that it will be a, a lot more advanced than where we are at the moment. And I think at the moment, it's still the case that it's individuals programming the machines yeah. uh, in terms of machine learning. I think when we become to that more advanced stage of AI, when it's machines programming machines, then it will rapidly advance do you think, in your opinion, Shaquille, that te- uh, education might change down the road? So, you know, you go to college, you mentioned there, you, you did your MBA in Sterling, and do you think then that the shift of how 
colleges will, or universities, for example, or any type of education will modify itself in terms of um, how we, we learn in the future. Um, I mean, with universities and colleges, you think, will they, will some exist? I, I, I had read an article where the, I think they think that some of the colleges may not exist or 30% or 40% might just kind of disappear, maybe down to AI. Do you think that's a possibility? I think that colleges, universities, schools, it's not just AI that they're up against. Um, they're up against different factors. W one of the main factors being AI. The other factor, main factor, should I say, would be the fact that they're not recognising that they need to move with the times. Um, if you look at some of the models uh, and overseas in Asia, uh, in China specifically, they're already using artificial intelligence on students to kind of determine when they are at their best period to learn, whether they are engaged in a topic or not engaged. So they're programmed, they've got these little machines that are on them. So if a teacher's talking about a discussion and, and let's say it's maths, for example, and then some students switch off, it can then feed that information back to the system to say that student switched off during that or it's got no interest in that. And then you might have that same student that might be in a music class and be really switched on. So they're able to identify uh, individuals or kids at early stages, what they're interested in, not interested in, and when is the best time to teach them or educate uh, and educate them. Is it maybe first thing in the morning, later in the afternoon? And all that information has been fed back to them so that they can supply them with the knowledge that, that, that they need or they think that they need or to recognize where the trends are in society at the moment uh, which is which is really interesting because if you know for example let's go back to the the music thing and if you know someone's really passionate about music then could you change their learning pathway over the next few years so that they become extremely engaged in music and become the best musician as possible by just changing their curriculum. Or on the if you go to the math side, if somebody's a really good mathematician or really enjoys math, can you identify early that they could potentially be an engineer and steer them towards that? Sometimes maybe the conversation is too open in colleges and universities of what someone wants to do, whereas if you have machine learning or artificial intelligence to say, oh, you you really, your hormones or your, um, the way that you're motivated changes when you're learning a different topic or you're in a different environment, could be advantageous or or not. You know, it's, it's, it's again, back to what, how somebody looks at things. Yeah, no, no, great, great answer. Um, you're right. I suppose we all we all learn different, and we all take information in slightly different as well. And um, if it can help, you know, why not? I'm I'm open minded that way. So let's move on then to our main topic of the podcast, uh, which is personalized growth strategies. So keep it as simplistic as possible, especially for an idiot like myself. So what are personalized growth strategies? Growth strategies are identifying what you want to achieve and putting yourself in that pathway or, or strategy to create growth in that what you want to be. So, you know, one of the questions that we always ask our students is, who do you want to be? You know, what's the ideal version of you? Uh, you know, do you want to be a policeman? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you want to be a professor? And then working on a, a growth strategy to become that individual. And has, has anybody ever said, Shaquille, they want to they dance on social media or they want to become an actor on social media? Or is that part of the growth strategy as well? Or is that, is that kind of, you know, yet again, is it a case of trying to move with the times of where we are right now in relation to, say, social media and so on? I think social media has been the great equaliser across uh, the globe for, for, for so many people uh, in terms that, you know, you can get attention a lot quicker uh, by dancing on tables or by doing silly dances. You can <laughs> create attention for yourself a lot quicker. And uh, if you are, if your ambition is to become an actor or become famous, uh, then there are certainly 
uh, platforms for you to to do that. Is but is I it? Think... Yeah, sorry, go on, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I'm just going to ask when in relation to when we have growth strategies and stuff like that. So, you know, our our goals are is every goal that an individual wants to achieve. You know, is it achievable, or to reduce any possibility of stressing yourself out? Is it better to be more realistic, or should you? You know, you want to put up kind of like a fight and challenge yourself and and try and achieve those goals and follow your dreams. Um, is it better to have, say, lower goals to be more realistic? And I'm only this is only an open question because sometimes I suppose, you know, we may want to fly for NASA or go into space or be a pilot or a doctor or or a surgeon or an accountant, but the goal may not be there. So how do we keep these realistic? You're right, David. Uh, not every goal, not every single goal is is achievable. You know, it goes by. Like, if somebody was to say to me, if I was to say I want to be an NBA player, it's not going to happen because I'm I'm not tall enough. Uh, you know, I can't jump high enough. Uh, I can't do certain things. You know, so so certain goals are not always achievable. Uh, but I think that most goals that People want to achieve are realistic. If somebody says, like, what you say, they want to be involved in a space program or they want to go to space or they want to try something, then they can learn about it. They might never make it to space, but there's certainly certain avenues that they can explore to upskill themselves, to be involved in that. You know, it's a limited few that get to go to space, but I think that um, being being unrealistic with your goals is the secret to coming out of your comfort zone. I think if you're too realistic with your goals, then you'll always stay in your comfort zone. You have to be unrealistic. You have to say to yourself, I'm going to achieve that. And it's that unrealistic goal that drives you forward, that pushes you to work towards something that, you know, everybody maybe or yourself thinks that you can't maybe achieve it, but part of you thinks that you can achieve it or or if you have somebody that's saying you can achieve that, then it takes you right out of that comfort zone where um, you don't get any growth. And never give up. Would that be? Never. Never give up. Never give up. I, I, I don't think that you can never give up. I think that, you know, when you're working towards something, it never ends. Um, you know, you keep going. And, you know, if, for example, if you want to be fit, um, there's no end goal in being fit. You know, when, when is the end goal? It's like, you, you know, you go running and you, you run five miles and they think, oh, two days later, oh, we wouldn't mind trying six goal, uh, six miles. So you, you're always consistently pushing yourself um, and it never ends. You, you mentioned, Shaquille, with upskilling. What, what, should we be always upskilling? So say, for example, I'm in a cushy job. I'm happy in my job. Nice little salary. Nobody's bothering me. Uh, you know, Monday to Friday or shift work, whatever the individual prefers. This is their dream job. Should you know? Should we all, no matter how happy we are in our current environment, should we be constantly upskilling because the technology is changing and the work environments are changing, and uh, we need to keep educating ourselves? Would you? What would you think about that? I think that we always have to upskill. We always have to keep improving ourselves as individuals. It's exactly what you said, is that things are changing so rapidly just now. You have to remind yourself that, yeah, you're in a cushy, maybe nine to five job, uh, but that job that you're in might change in the next couple of years, but then you only have the skill set for that job. Whereas if you are upskilling, improving yourself, then you are more voluble to the marketplace and you maybe have transferable skills. If you may be working on uh, if something else that maybe has of interest to you and an opening comes in a new role, then you're in a position to apply for that role. So yeah, definitely it's 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 so important to upskill. It's so important to uh, be the best version of yourself or, or, or even better. 
the the thing about strengths and weaknesses, do you know the the famous question that we we get asked in an interview? You know, tell me your strengths, and you can say, oh, I'm this or I'm that, and then when they ask you, tell me your weakness, and we're kind of like, um, ooh, uh, and you don't want to answer that kind of like a negative thing. You want to kind of, I suppose, answer something that's, you know, I did this, but I've modified it, and I'm now aware of it, and this is who I am now. This type of thing. But how can an individual? identify strengths and weaknesses? And is it good to be self-critical at times? I think it leads on from my last point, David, is that um, once you understand or when you know what you want from life, who you want to be in life, it, it opens doors for you to evaluate the strengths and weaknesses. So if you are Again, let's say uh, just if you if you want to be a business owner and you that that's who you want to be in life, you want to be a business owner, and your weakness is that you don't know nothing about numbers uh, or you don't know anything about marketing, then you know that version of you that you see has to identify that weakness so that it can become that version of you. So, yeah, I think it is important to be critical to a certain extent. You've got to love yourself as well. You know, you have to say, yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy with the tools that I've got at the moment, but I could maybe do with a few more tools and sharpen a few tools so that, you know, my strengths improve and those weaker areas of who I want to be uh, can come come forward and improve in that as well. And with regards to motivation, so how how then does an individual maintain motivation. So just say, for example, they're they're jumping through the hoops, they're working their socks off, but there's these brick walls that they keep facing, you know, and they can't see that finish line. It's like the Rocky movie where, you know, Rocky gets knocked out and then he has a, a thought process. He meets a trainer. The trainer kind of says, you know, get up off your backside and, and work harder. Is, is that what you constantly or an individual has to do that no matter the knockbacks you 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 must always no matter how fast or how slow it is to reach the line you just keep motivating yourself to try and reach that you know everybody deals with uh, knockbacks differently david you know there, there's certain knockbacks in life that can set you just slightly back and then there's you know bigger life challenges that can send you so far back uh it's important that you you recognize what the knockback is first of all. So recognizing whether this is a massive knockback and remembering that, you know, life is going to constantly throw things at us all the time and be in a position where we understand that knockbacks are going to happen, but keep going forward and keep thinking about who you want to be in life, you know, is that version of yourself when you get knocked back? Is it, am I that version of myself that, you know, just sits and mopes around and, and, and gives up on everything? Or that version of myself, taking it back to the business owner, is that, you know, I'm that business owner and I've got X amount of staff that are relying on me, so I have to pick myself up and lead that example. Or even if you're in a job and, you know, you're working and your family is reliant upon you going to work every day, you have to be able to pick yourself up and, you know, push through it. I think being motivated by what you want to achieve in life is a great help because you're always striving for something, working towards something. If you have that clear goal in mind, um, I don't believe there's a finish line. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on, that you're always working towards something. So you're in that position where you can just understand that, that, that you're in that moment take the time that you need and move on from it. Is it then with regards even to say setbacks and trying to move on, is it good to have good people around you, positive people around you? And what about people that kind of tell you some, some truths or some home truths? Is that a bad thing as well? I mean, should we, we be aware of that if we, see something that a friend is doing or a colleague is doing, which you think, look, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they could do better. Maybe I can kind of say, look, you know, 
keep pushing forward to keep is it good having that group around you positivity and even a mentor yeah 100 percent, david having a good circle of friends good family around you uh is is is, is a major part in success uh and on that note, I would say is that it's important to let your friends know. You know, if you've got close friends, family, it's what you're trying to achieve. So that they can just remind you you're trying to achieve something here, you know, and try and pull you out of something. Sometimes, you know, when you're, you probably know this as well, that, and the listeners will know that you can get so deep into something that you f- forget about what the goal is actually in it because you're so consumed by something. And it does take someone to say, look, or a mentor to say, look, this is what's going on at the moment. There's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. Distance yourself from it and kind of push on that direction. And having mentors, 100%, but also at the same time, the individual needs to tell the mentors or tell their family, this is what I want to achieve. I want to be the the best the best version of myself. For, like, I'll give you an example for me. Is that uh, I've got two boys, six and three. And they have a lot of energy, okay? So yeah. <laughs> you can imagine. So one day, on like on a typical Saturday, we could go football in the morning. They play football. And then we could go have some snacks or whatever. And then we could go to the skate park again. And then later on in the day, then we might go to the park or we might go for a walk or something. So they have that amount of energy. And for me, I... You know, I'm in good I'm in good fitness, okay? Uh, but I, you know, I enjoy sugar. So I enjoy the sweet thing. So I'm trying to cut down sugar and I'm trying to, you know, so that my I'm always on the level and I'm not coming up and down. So I'm not crashing and not having an, the energy when I require the energy. So if they scoot off into the park, then I'm able to run after them and chase them. So <laughs> my wife knows and the people around me, they know that I am taking a break from sugar. So if they say, if I say, oh, I'm craving sugar, or if I um, I eat something, then my wife will say, wait a minute, are you supposed to be eating that? You know, challenge me on my goals uh, because maybe I've had a wee moment of weakness, and you know that is the difference maker right there. Because if they weren't around me to say, look, that doesn't align with the goals that you're trying to achieve, then you know you would just go about your daily thing and the minute you had a little set or you had that little need for something then you would you reach towards it and say oh I I need that at the moment and they're showing that they care exactly 100% you know having them involved taking them you've got to take your family with you on the journey or and the people around you you know if you're saying uh, we'll go back to the business thing again if you want to be a business person you have to have your family around telling you know this is what I want to achieve this year and the family get around you and you know they understand what your goal is uh, and they support you and like the goal with the sugar is that I want to have more energy so that you know I can keep up with the boys and not have crashes so like on a Saturday afternoon when I'm usually uh, having a crash in the afternoon because I've maybe had a a cake or a pastry uh, with the boys after football I don't have that anymore so I've got the energy to go through the rest of the day and you know, my wife, she would pack healthy snacks for me, um, instead of you know the ones that the boys would have. Uh, but they 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 are constantly on the go, so you know they're just constantly on that high level. So it doesn't matter whether they. they I don't think they know what a sugar crash is. <laughs> it's funny. If only we're that age again, six and three. Yeah. You. So what about you, killed it? You know the opposite side where you know you can have you know you want to have good people around you, mentors. What about the ones that drain you? The ones that constantly bring you down. I'm not talking about the ones that give you constructive criticism, but the ones with constant negativity. How how can you manage those individuals? Um, especially when you're, you know, do you try to drag them with you? Or is it just a case of, look, guys, um, you know, sayonara, see you later, and, and you move on? There's some relationships, uh, David, that you'll never be able to escape. But you can love uh, and care for someone at a distance. You don't have to always be involved in their life. They don't always have to be involved in your life. And that negativity can be a real energy drainer. Uh, We've all been there. We've all had that friend. We've all had that family member that needs more attention. 
And that's, I go back to that point is that, you know, telling people your goals, what it is you're trying to achieve here so that they recognize as well that, you know, you might not have the time that you used to have for that individual. And that's okay. You're still, the, the relationship's not going to change. It's just that you're, you're on a different path now. And the energy drainers is, it's hard letting go because nobody wants to let go of their childhood friends or their uh, family members. And I don't mean by letting go that you're never going to speak to them again, but I think you have to let them do what they need to do. And you as an individual need to do what you need to do. Uh, And, you know, because energy is so important. Managing that energy level is so, so important. Having that upbeat energy all the time, it's not easy. It's really, really difficult. Uh, because you're always going to have moments, as we say, you know, that you think, oh, this is not working or why am I doing this? You're always going to have that doubt. So you have to manage your energy. So if someone is taking away that valuable energy from you uh, and draining you, then you have to kind of love them from a distance, as I would say, and care for them for a distance. Yeah, that's a great, great answer. Um, no, you're, you're right. It's, you know, you follow your path and they'll follow their path and hopefully um, they'll understand or they'll, They'll join in down the road. Who knows? Um, work-life balance then. You know, is it is it a case of, you know, work hard and play hard, like burn the candle at both ends, as they say? Or is can that be a negative to your personal growth or an individual's personal growth? It, it, it really depends on the interpretation of play, okay? And... And and you can always overwork. I think if your play time involves something that's going to give you energy again, that's going to make you fitter, faster, stronger, mentally more balanced, and gives you that downtime away from work, then that that's good play time. But then you know there's play time where people think that they. Uh, their play time is doing something that may be a vice to them. You know we all have vices or have had vices in the past and it's about recognizing what those vices are and how they disrupt your goal journey um but no certainly uh for me for example uh my old uh playtime was to enjoy in a good dessert but however i've, I've changed my playtime now recently uh to just chilling out and you know watching tv or you know going out on my bike or going in the gym uh, and I think that, you know, when we're involved in work or we're running businesses or working for an organization, we always have something else that we could do. So it's important to recognize that, you know, do what you need to do and have that balance in place so that you can go the distance. Because you don't want to be in a position where you can't go the distance. You get to the end of the week, you're knackered, and then the weekend comes and you're just moping around. You don't give the, the time to your family. You don't give the time to uh, uh, the people or the time to the things that you want to play. You want to have that balance. So you have to have that great balance of work hard when you need to, uh, but then don't work overly hard so that you're burnt out and then play, find the right kind of play activity so that, you know, it benefits the whole family like you know, I'm, I'm I'm a father of two and, you know, there might be other people listening to this. They might not have any family at this stage. They might be younger or their family's growing up and they might have something else that they do at the weekend or through the week that they enjoy. So they might like to, uh, you know, go to the gym, go walking, go shopping or whatever it may be. But as long as it's not advice, then certainly, uh, certainly play hard. Yeah, no, great, great, great advice there. Um, let's move on to the plugging side or the business side of, of the podcast. So you're the founder of Advanced Safety, uh, which is health and safety data analytics company that focuses on productivity. And you're also the founder of Patagy, a career and business coaching company. So we'll start with Advanced Safety first. So what's Advanced Safety all about and how can it help individuals or organizations? Advanced Safety it started off as a health and safety consultancy. So we used to just consult with businesses on their health and safety. From there, we, as I said, I we went to Stirling University. Uh, one of the key things that was spoke about at the university was productivity in the UK and how we are not as competitive as the likes of Germany, Belgium, France, 
And I started exploring avenues on productivity and how, you know, health and safety and productivity were related. And there's a, a direct relationship between lost time and productivity. So it's looking outside. What, what we do with advanced safety now is we look more at things from a data-driven uh, perspective so that once we collect the information, we're able to see where the where where the the business is actually losing productivity, and how we can uh, try and support that. So if if people if there's high absence rates, we do that deeper uh, level of understanding and learning about the business, so that we can get people back into work and keep them keep them at work for as long as possible in terms of healthy uh, and fit and not enjoying the job you know the feedback so important to businesses so you know we try and encourage them to say you know what, what are your employees telling you about the job itself um is there certain things in the job that they don't enjoy um is there is there a way that we can change a working pattern can we change a location in order to to support them uh because you know it goes back to this thing about family again david is that people are only at, you know if you're in a job you're only at your work for a few hours uh, and you still got this whole life out of work. So it's really important to be healthy, both in work and outside of work. And I think that the healthier that you're in in work, the healthier you can be outside of work towards your family, your friends, and have that energy to do the things that you want to do. You know, some people, everybody has different goals, uh, David. They might just, like what we talked about earlier on, they want to nine to five, do their job, and come home and they might be interested in painting or, uh, you know, building things. They might have, so, so you want them to be as healthy as possible and as safe as possible in the working hours so that they can enjoy these activities when they're home. And is this, is this a, a global company, uh, Shaquille, in terms of, or is it just generally for UK companies or is it for companies around the world? Well, recently we were just working in the UK. So we were, you know, we're dealing with uh, organizations all over the UK. We just recently finished a project for the NHS last year in the care sector, uh, and hopefully it's going to be uh, rolled out uh, over the next few months uh, once we get green lit. However, just more recently, we have had interest from the Middle East and uh, America over in the States, over in Texas, uh, because the thing that when when we when I founded Advanced Safety, it was a case of it was just UK based. So we would travel around different locations and doing the health and safety. But when we entered into the tech space and the machine learning, uh, we recognised that the product could be adapted to anywhere in the world, so that we could do it remotely, and the parameters of health and safety in terms of the data analytics that were selected, um, they can be you know, adjusted all over the world, depending on the, the, the business. So, uh, you know, we're, yeah, we're, we're confident that we're going to get more exposure to the Middle East and Asia, um, where their, their workforces are large and they're really struggling with efficiencies at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's exciting times for us as a business. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. I mean, you're, you're a prime example of, uh, you know, personal growth because, you know, you started off, you went to your, your college, you got your degree, you got your MBA, you're now, you're the founder of Advanced Safety. And so if anybody's listening to this, you know, this is what the whole podcast is about. And this is, this is generally speaking to individuals, inspirational individuals like Shaquille, who, you know, they, they put the work in and uh, um, they follow their goals, follow their dreams. And, and this is what happens. So, uh, you know, very inspirational, Shaquille. So, so well done to you. So, what, what about then, um, Patagy? So, that's a career business coaching company. So, what, what's that about? Thanks for the, for, for for those kind words, David. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, Patagy started last year. Patagy came off the back of what we had discovered in our quest with analytics. What we kind of recognised was that people weren't really equipped for success and they weren't being fully equipped. By that, I mean that in jobs, you know, 
They weren't having proper development plans. They weren't having proper uh, goals that they had to achieve. You know, when we were in the banking sector, you know, to take it back a few years, we, we had a roadmap of what we had to achieve. And, you know, within a few months, this is what you were working towards. So you're going to climb the ladder. You know, it was a career pathway. And with Pathogy, I was working with, uh, on the, off the back of my MBA, I was working uh, with Stirling University on a project and they asked me to mentor a few students. So I kind of fell into it. It wasn't planned. And I uh, mentored the students and I recognised that the students... The people that were mentoring the students, you know, they were great mentors, but they didn't really understand the world as it is today. And I think that the landscape of the way the world is at the moment has dr drastically changed. You know, people don't need to go to college anymore uh, to to get a good job or make money. And, you know, they're going into colleges and, and universities and, and doing certain degrees that maybe they've been forced into doing because they felt like they needed to go into university not knowing what they wanted to do. So off the back of that, I created Pathogy with the the mindset that, you know, if you had a clear strategy, a clear pathway strategy, that you could be successful if you were equipped for success. So by that, I mean that you knew exactly, not exactly what you wanted to do, but had an incline of what you wanted to do. Then we would help you find the right people that could help you achieve that goal, maybe the right mentor, or if you were in a career and a business wasn't developing anymore, so we teach them how to network, we would teach them how to uh, upgrade their CV, how to get involved with more projects, uh, to do outside work, things that, you know, they could stack up to create that better version of themselves so that they were in a position to uh, get another job or grow in that skill. So I'm a big believer, you know, and from what I've seen in, in, in my own career is that in jobs, they only really teach you that job. I think the responsibility now more than ever has to be on you to actually upskill yourself so that you're in a position to get a better job. So if somebody says, for example, you know, there's a wee course that you could do that might be of something of interest that could give you a higher value to the marketplace, then you should certainly consider doing that so that you're in a better position uh, going forward. Because when you're in a job and say you've reached the top of that job, um, where are you going to go? The, the market decides how much you're worth in that job because, you know, you're peaked. Whereas if you stack up a few skills on top of what you're already learning at the job, then you are more valuable again. Again, to, to make the point again, is that you're more valuable to the marketplace um, and that you can trans transfer some of the skills that you've learned into, into something else. Because I think that businesses need more of a variety of individuals now and, and business owners need more of a variety um, so yeah, Pathogy has been good uh, for me in, in a learning process because it's I'm able to understand what helps people grow and what they're looking for. So we kind of say, right, tailor it as we go along. So if you notice that from some of our students or our mentees that they're all saying X, Y, Z and they're struggling with that, then we can, you know, say to our uh, mentors, you know, add that into some of the modules and you know, change as we go. Like my wife is a lecturer uh, at one of the uh, universities uh, here. And, you know, some of the modules that they have in the lectures uh, and the courses that they offer, they're not 2023 modules. You know, so there, there's things that need to be changed. They're a bit dated. So I think it's really important that with what we're doing at Pathogy is that we update our modules and make sure that they're relevant to 2023 so if people are struggling with uh, anxiety or they're struggling with uh, certain aspects of their life then we recognize that and we can help them on that pathway to achieving the success because we've identified that that could be an issue for them going forward yeah no it's brilliant i mean i'm actually being nosy on your website um on patagy.com and it mentions pretty much exactly what you said you know the, the one size fits all approach is obsolete those individual personalized approaches are the most efficient to bring out an individual's talent, which 
which is nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Brilliant. Um, so where else are you on social media? Are you on the Facebooks and the LinkedIn's and all these wonderful places if anybody wants to get in touch? Yeah, we're, we're actually using our main, for Pathogy, our main one is uh, Instagram. We're using Instagram and we're doing TikTok. We're doing TikTok now as well. And we've got YouTube. We're trying to be on, we're actually trying to be on all the socials. Uh, but for advanced safety, primary is LinkedIn. We're on LinkedIn for that. Uh, but I think it's important to be all different socials because not everybody's using all the social media now. Some guys are just maybe using TikToks. Some guys are, and girls are maybe just using Instagram. And, you know, some of the younger guys, which is, is quite crazy actually, is that they don't use Facebook. It's like, no, we don't use Facebook. So uh, it's important to kind of be everywhere, I think, uh, to get your kind of message across. It's, it's in the very early stages, Pathogy, but we're hoping that um, it grows and uh, that people can come on board and, you know, upskill. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, we talk about it and this whole point of your, you know, is career world. I think the secret to life is upskilling and stacking skills. If you can stack as many skills as possible, then, you know, you're never in a position where you're worried about losing a job or making money or uh, just enjoying life, really. You've got the skill set to kind of have that freedom. I think, you know, we're in a globalised world now that you can just go anywhere um, if you've got the right skill set. And there's no dancing on the TikTok page yet, is there, Shaquille? Not yet, but you know Not what? Yet. If if it meant that I had to go, uh, I needed to go viral or uh, you know <laughs> rack up some views, then I would maybe consider it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'll, I'll wait in, until that day comes. Yeah, well, well, well I'll, I'll hold you to that. You mentioned there regards to Stirling University. I mean, the Stirling Castle. Anybody who wants to visit Stirling is stunning, isn't it? Oh, Stirling! It's a beautiful place. It's a fantastic facility. Uh, Stirling University are really forward thinkers. Um, they they get it. Um, they're a great university. They they're they're constantly trying to improve their uh, modules and what's relevant. Uh, Dundee University. Uh, uh, I work closely with Dundee University as well. They're the same. Uh, they're recognising that students need to uh, to be current. So you know they're great universities. I'm a big believer in education. Um, David, you know, there's so many individuals out there that criticise the education system. I'm a big believer in education and higher learning, uh, further education. I just, if if I could, you know, just get them to be more current, I think that would be the thing so that people were more, you know, engaged and inclined to, to join for what they actually want to do uh, and get them success at the end of the course would be, would be better. No, that's it's brilliant. Um, what I'll do is a uh, big thank you to Shaquille for chatting with me today on the uh, the podcast. Once the podcast has been approved, I'll put all the um, the links in for uh, Advanced Safety and Patagy, uh, and you can reach out directly to uh, Shaquille and his team. So also, we say thanks so much, Shaquille Mohammed, for chatting with me today on the Wellbeing and Career Podcast. Thanks, Shaquille. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me.